to Bernier in the middle. Bernier sees Felipe open. Felipe runs. Felipe says the vial. The vial is open. The vial shoots. Oh, right, right. It's up. The woodworks. Good night and welcome to a brand new edition of After Woodworks. I am Kevin Lagame and it's been a while. We, this show's been overdue, but we are back to talk about the impact. And tonight, the impact won 2-0 against the San Jose Earthquakes or the Quakes. I don't know. I'm confused on how to call them anymore, but the only meeting this season between the two teams and the impact won 2-0. And we're going to talk about that today and pretty much only that. So, uh, we're going to talk about 2 nothing victory. It all started, well, I'm excited to see the first minute you're going to say, yes, I know. But, it was actually a very boring start of a game. The only thing, again, that uh, really impressed me, again, you're going to say, is Piatti. After two minutes, he was already threatening. That guy is always threatening on a football pitch. Anywhere from 30 yards in. All right, 30 yards. And being actually conservative, anywhere from 40 yards in, close to the goal, he can be dangerous and he can score goals. He is that dangerous and he is that big of a threat on a pitch. I'm always impressed to see Piatti play. All right, got some doubt with a small knock on his knee. They say it's knee tendonitis. Uh, it's, nobody's worried about it, so we shouldn't be too worried about it. But still, the 55 minutes he played, he was always threatening. Even though he did not create a goal or assist on any goals today, he was still created chances. Five shots on goal, one on target, but still, he was probably the biggest threat. And uh, let's give credit where credit is due, Mr. Devaya, when he stepped on the pitch, changed the whole complexity of that game, and actually created a lot of shots, created a lot of movement, and created a lot of space. He might only had one assist, but he actually created the two goals. On the first goal, his shot from the right foot, from a little bit of the left outside the box, was parried by John Bush. But then, who else but Jack Mack, who finally, finally ended his MLS goal drought. Another drought was ended, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, Jack Mack scored and it changed the whole game and then Montreal was able to, to hold on, literally. Because... Uh, the possession, Montreal actually edged out the possession, but barely 50 points something to 49 points something for the Quakes. But Montreal's possession was uh, almost completely in the middle of the game. The first quarter and the last quarter of the game was dominated by... The possession was a little bit more dominated by the Earthquakes than the second... Literally, the second half of the first quarter, of the first half... And the second half of the second half. Uh, the Earthquakes were actually threatening at the end, but the impact held on. And was even just able to score an assurance goal by Dilla Duca. The other bright spot at the end of this season for the Montreal Impact, which officially today are eliminated from the playoffs. And yes, it's sad to say, but let's move on and see what we can do with that. Now they're eliminated from the playoffs. But Dilla Duca and Piatti are actually impressing me. The way Dilla Duca plays and the goal he scored was a Piatti-type, Piatti-style goal. He creates a little loose space, cuts to the left, 
sees the keeper follows him, cuts back, shoots to the his right foot, trickles in right past, right close to the near post, the far post, put in, and two nothing Montreal, and that sealed that sealed it. It was done. Three points in the bag at home, which is good. It's a little candy to the fan of a long sea and long hard. Long and hard season for the supporters of the Impact and for basically the team as well. So now being officially eliminated from the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, no playoffs in Montreal in the soccer world this season. But like I was saying, a couple bright spots. The way Diloduka actually is always really well placed. He creates a lot of momentum going forward with the impact. I like the way that his foot are never parallel to each other. He's always on the movement and ready. And like on the edge, you could say. And one thing that's always been bothering me this season with Felipe. I know I'm moving from Duca to Felipe. Well, let's just bear with me here. Uh, Felipe, what one thing that bothers me is the way he holds himself on the pitch lately. If you look at him... His feet is always, are always parallel to each other and almost to the pitch itself. And he's not in a good movement and his his hips are never open to the play, you could say. And he's never in a good position to to me. What it seems that he's never actually positioned to execute the run timely. He's always a, a step behind in that position that he always keeps putting himself, his feet together, even when he has the ball. Seems he's vulnerable to uh, losing the ball or not being able to launch his run properly and effectively. And that's one of the things that's been bothering me with Felipe this season. All right, you heard me about it. Done. Back to Dilly Duca. Like I said, his goal is uh, was really impressive to his work in the box. And if you, I will actually watch closely his work in the second half, focusing mainly on him. And he was always well placed to anticipate either a loss of possession from the quakes and he was there to pick up the ball or anticipate a pass to his to his uh, teammate and he was exactly at the right spot and i think it was a great trade by clopas because i probably clopas is the one behind that let's be honest here let's be fair with each other Diliduka, chicago fire clopas former there you go you made the connection he made the trade properly, allegedly. We'll see. So, two drought ended in Major League Soccer as well. Let's not count the Canadian Championship and CCL. But two drought ended for two different players in the Montreal Impact camp tonight at Satsuputo, which I remind to you, the Montreal Impact won 2 nothing. Jack McInerney, Diloduka, Jack McInerney, first goal since June. I said June. We're in September, the end of September now, and I said June 29th. That's June, June, July, August. Three freaking months ago was the last goal of Jack McInerney in Major League Soccer. But it's what have you done for me lately? And what he did, he scored tonight. So good. Maybe he's back. Then uh, maybe things have finally clicked between him and Jack Ma- and uh, Piatti. We'll see. It'll take some working. But I'm not really uh, worried there. Uh, just Piatti is in one step above everybody else I've seen in Major League Soccer. And to be fair, I think he's the Robbie Keane in London Donovan level. It's not better than that. So I wouldn't be surprised if next year the MVP of the league is Piatti. First time you heard that was on Off the Woodworks. 
on today, September 20th, on a Saturday. Piatti MVP 2015, you heard it here first. But yeah, and the other uh, drought that ended, first shutout for Troy Perkins in Major League Soccer since again June 29th, that famous 3-0 win against Houston Dynamo at home at Satsapucho. The first time since that day that uh, Troy Perkins actually kept the donut, you could say. Kept the zero, kept the clean sheet, and just, it was about time. Uh, a little hard time for Troy Perkins, uh, almost losing his starting job with uh, Evan Bush playing well. Both keepers have been exchanging lately, none of them been able to get ahead of the other. Maybe with that clean sheet, Troy Perkins made a move in that direction. We will see. Speaking about direction and future and great bright spot at the end of this awful season, Jérémy Gagnon-Lapare is slowly becoming the best left back this team has. Slowly becoming one of the best of the team. Slowly becoming one of the best players in Canada. I know we're looking ahead here. We're looking way too far ahead here. But Benito Floro fell in love with him a couple months ago. And been using him a lot. With Canada. Which opened probably their eyes were already open. But since then we've seen Jérémy Gagnon-Laparé actually evolve and grow. And now we're seeing him bloom with the impact. Playing with confidence, with his demeanor, his confidence on the pitch. He's not that big, but still he has a presence that is imposing. And he brings fear to the opposing attackers. Trust me, it's going to become that way. He's the next beast. He's the next left back. And he's going to be a great guy. And that guy's from here in Academy Product. Same year, plays from goes from being signed to playing regularly. And that is not too shabby. So, Jérémy Gagnon-Lapare, good job. I see now what Benito Floro saw in you a long time ago. And now, wow, you actually are impressing me. You're actually becoming a first-team player, a starting 11 player in your first year with the team. And that, my friend, I don't know if it's a first because we met, but he was not a starting regular. So I say it's a first. And wow, uh, just great for the future. And now the question, speaking about future, with the hands full of game left until the end of the season, with the impact already eliminated a question needs to be brought up now with DeVaio making the media rounds last week and this week actually a couple days ago saying that he might not uh, play at the end of the season after he might retire he might hang up his cleats like we say yes another cliche but if he retires if we know he's going to retire what do we do for lots of games do we take the opportunity of those games to make Piatti and McInerney connect more and use players that we know we're going to use next year? Edukas, Piatti, Romero, McInerney. Lapare. 
JGL. JGL. That's it. We got a nickname, people. So with future players like JGL, uh, Duke of Piatti, Romero, McInerney, you still, I don't know if JGL has nothing to do with it, but I just like to say JGL. So JGL, I love you, buddy. But back to uh, Divayo. Do we make Divayo play all that or we take the opportunity to make Piatti play with McInerney and get that chemistry built up for next year? Or do we salute the career of a great striker, the best DP in Montreal Impact history? The first one, Mr. 22 goals scored in 2013. Yes, 22-20 in the league, two in the Canadian Championship and the CCL. Two in the CCL, actually. And the all-time team leader, co-leader for now, in the CCL with the Montreal Impact. We'll see the October 22nd. If you can actually score and become the all-time leader with that, that would be great. Great, great, great. But uh, what do we do? I don't know. At Optowoodworks, let me know what do we do with the vial. It's a very good question. I don't know what to do. It's a, it's a great question. So, let me know what you think. Do you play the vial all the time to, uh, as a send-off gift or as a career send-off, uh, testimonials, whatever? Or... Do you play McInerney to get him the chemistry with Piatti? At Afterwoodworks on Twitter or Afterwoodworks at Hatmail.com. We'll take a small break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the standing league. A little stats, uh, team stats for the Montreal Impact. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Off The Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Larame, you can do it by email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off The Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Off The Woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, everywhere you like. You can get this podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back on Off the Woodworks. Kevin Larame here. Late night after a big win. True nothing. Montreal Impact against the Quakes. The Montreal Impact stats. Uh, team season stats right now. Probably more the team leaders you can say. Goal scored for the Impact. I stress on for the Impact. Because Jack Mack scored one goal for Philly Union this season. So he has actually eight goals in 2014 in Major League Soccer. But for the impact, he has seven. And that's still enough. For a team league. A team leader in this season. One B in front of Marco DeVaio. Who is one behind Jack McInerney. Andres Romero tied with DeVaio at six. So it's going to be a race. Race to the finish. For the golden boot for the Montreal Impact. Uh, Piatti, who has just been here for just a little while, is already in fourth with four goals. So, between you and me, if uh, things go accordingly, Piatti might have a shot of actually getting most gold this season. And in a shell, that sums up and resumes the whole season of the Montreal Impact in a nutshell. Del Duca fifth with three goals, and there's a lot of other players tied in fifth position. And that just tells you 
the scarcity of goals this season when two players that only have been here for a handful of months, not even with a, for a couple of months, are already in the top five of goals scoring in the team. Uh, one of the reasons the impact struggled late in that season this year, the Justin Mapp injury, and that would explain that Justin Mapp is still the team lean leader, eight assists. Uh, in front of Felipe Six, Devayo Four, Malice Two, and Duca Two again. Many other players after that with a handful of assists. But uh, Justin Matt Felipe, Felipe surprised to see him there. His only, his only contribution for the team this season. That and a lot of shots, but did not equivalent to a lot of goals. Speaking of shots, again, team leader for the second season in a row, Marco Devayo, 61 shots, surprise, uh, followed by a surprising Felipe with 52. But like I said, even if you freaking shoot 52 times on goal and still are not able to figure in the top five of goal scoring in the team, there's something. Maybe you need glasses, buddy. Maybe you guys need to see LASIK MD or get something put on your nose to see better like glasses or do something because 52 shots. And that does not even equivalent to more than three goals. What's going on there? Something is up. You might need to think a lot about before shooting. Or you might need to shoot better. Or figure out something, buddy. Because 52 shots and only not even more than three goals. There's something wrong. And that pretty much sums up. Uh... Maybe another reason why the impact struggle all season. Uh, on target shots. Marco Tavaya with 25 leader, then Romero 19, and Felipe 14. Again, going back to the glasses, buddy. 52 shots and only 14 on net. Roughly a quarter. Closer to a fifth, but roughly a quarter. Needs to be better. 20% of shooting accuracy in Major League Soccer, even. Not that great. Anyways, I'm done running on Felipe. Am I? What happened to him? First season comes in, becomes almost a star in this city. Second season disappears and third season follows in his Udini act from the years prior. So what's up? And again, now, uh, the worst, not the worst category, but uh, yellow cards. Again, a standout in that category for the last couple years. But probably for the right reason. Asun Kamara. With his position and with... Uh, type of uh, games they had this season, the fact that the defender had a, a lot of yellow card is not surprising. Nine yellow cards for Asun Kamara. But then Felipe, that freaking Brazilian again, comes in second position with five, not too bad, but five yellow cards in the span of the season. Alright. Christoph Kroll with four yellow cards. Oh, Kroll. Uh, the new uh, most hated player, actually. Uh, the new, who you could say, who was he before? The new Justin Braun, but he was not an attacker, so it doesn't fit. Anyways, he's cruel, and it's cruel to watch him. It was an easy one, I know. 
But still, not a big fan of Christoph Kroll. And yeah, that sums it up. That sums like the team's leading the statistic for uh, the season. I say that because I really need to delay. I don't want to go to talk to this about the standings because like I was saying earlier, the impact, we've been, we've known this for a while. Like we've been aware that it was going to be the case. But uh, the fact that it's becoming reality, we have to face it. It's different. <laughs> it's It hits a little harder, you know? And, you know, the impact are not going to make the playoff. And now it's official. It's official. The impact are out of the race. So, yeah. Surprisingly, right now, as it stands, DC United are first. Kansas City are second, with two points behind. The Revolution are third. Red Bulls are fourth. So we're in the battle for the playoff, which is good for Montreal, and hopefully it stays tied that way. So uh, the Red Bulls have to uh, really put their A lineup in the league. So coming October 22nd, the Impact can travel to Harrison, New Jersey, Go to the Red Bull Arena and squeeze out a result. That is the game we are all going to get up for, gear for, and watch, and support, and pray, and send positive vibe, and do some uh, lucid dreaming, or maybe a remote viewing, or do whatever you want. But uh, we're going to try to uh, affect the result of that game positively. For the impact. And that is our goal. Right now we know that we need to peak on that day. Only on that day. So going forward from this point on. All in for October 22nd. We need to manage the roster. The lineup. The training. The practices. The resting time. Whatever. Nutrition. Everything on October 22nd. You need to circle that calendar with a big red circle right on October 22nd. You need to take your iPhone, open the calendar thing, set up an alarm for October 22nd. You need to take your note things, go in there, open it up and say, on this day, on that day, I will get up, think about my team traveling down to New York Kinda, New York, to New Jersey, red part of it, and uh, to win on this day, October 22nd. So all in on October 22nd, we need to uh, literally do accordingly. You have an you rest and you're going to practice hard to peak on October 22nd. And that's all I have to say. Going to... If you notice, uh, I didn't say Toronto FC because the way it looks of it now, Toronto FC is in seventh position in a dogfight, six points out of the playoffs as it stands right now, which we're a Saturday night, late night. So as it stands right now, TFC is out of the playoff. And uh, the game after October 22nd, We'll see what we can do. It's after October 22nd, so it doesn't matter for now. But maybe we can have an effect on TFC, whatever that means. But now it's October 22nd. 
Going now to the Western Conference, Seattle Sounders first on top with a whopping 54 points already. LA Galaxy second with another whopping 51 points and Real Salt Lake with a 49 points. So you know what? All those three teams will be top of the East if they were playing in the East. So either the West is better or the divide between the team is bigger. That could be the case with bottom dweller like uh, the Earthquakes and Chivas USA, but it's the same with the East. We got the Firecrackers and the Impacts, which should be called, uh, what's the opposite of an impact? Like if it doesn't have an impact, is it like crickets? Like if a joke is not funny and there's no impact, there's crickets, so I don't know, what, what could it be? You got the Firecrackers and the crickets. But yeah, so... Seattle, Galaxy, Salt Lake, Dallas, and Portland. <coughs> Sorry about that. With Vancouver fighting with two points behind for a place in the playoffs. So uh, we can finish the season with no Canadian team in the playoffs. That still would be a shame. Vancouver's two points away, which is still possible. They're lacking striker. Yeah, well, you could say that's, like, that's an oxymoron. You could say that for every team in the soccer world. But yeah, they say they're lacking a striker. And I have to agree with that. All in with Maddox. I don't think it's a great idea. And whatever happened to Kakuta Mane, who knows? So, it's going to be a Cascadia showdown for uh, the last playoff spot between the Timbers and Vancouver. Then there's a big, huge six point gaps until the Rapids. And then you wrap up the Western Conference standing with your Earthquakes and Chivas USA. And that wraps up the standings. If it, you're still interested in that at this point of the season, which is. Uh, you know, at the end of the summer, we said it's dog days of the summer, but right now, you know, it's a dog days of the Major League Soccer season when the Galaxy are really red hot and winning a lot of games. That's the first tell that the season is about to end. Speaking of end, uh, the, ho- the hopes, again, are done for the impact for making the playoffs now. All in October 22nd. And until then... Have a great soccer, people.